0: You are going to die. You, let me repeat, you are going to die.
1: Here today's guest Coot Blackson shares one of the most important truths, period. You are going to die. So will I and everyone we know. If you died today, would you feel totally satisfied with the life you lived up until this point? Seriously, check in right now. Are you living the life you really want to be living? If not, what BS story are you telling yourself as to why you are not? Or why you have not taken the leap? Your higher self knows the answer. Are you ignoring it? Like I shared on the last episode 13 with Adam Markel, if you ignore the feather, you will get the brick. If you ignore the brick, you will get the Mack truck. Try and notice the feather. It is much easier to make a change then. And as Norman Cousins, American political journalist, author, professor, and world peace advocate says, death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what dies inside of us while we live. What fear is stopping you from saying yes to your life? Yes to your happiness, yes to your peace. What the heck is it? Can't reel with yourself, even if just for a moment.
2: Don't mean to dwell on this dying thing But look at my blood It's alive right now, deep and sweet Within, pouring through our veins Intoxicate, moving wine to tears And drinking it deep And an evening spent dancing It's you and me, oh Love will open our world From the dark side we can see the glow of something bright Oh, there's much more than we see here Don't burn the day away Don't burn the day Don't burn the day away
1: This from the Dave Matthews song, Pig. One of my favorite jams of all time. Here, Dave and band share a few important things. Death is part of our experience. Source or spirit is part of our experience. Love will open up our world and do not burn the day away. The song opens up more thoughts as it goes along. Be sure to go all the way to the end of this podcast for a little gift. We only have so many days on this planet and really do not know when our last breath will be. And I want to sincerely apologize if this episode started off with a little bit of morbidity and was a bit jarring, sometimes we need that. Really, knowing that death is knocking at our door is a very serious reason to take life on now. Do it. Love. Love is the answer. When will you let it in? Will you be generous with your heart, with yourself, with your friends and family, with your business dealings? If not, why not? Your love and truth is begging you to be seen, experienced, and shared. And time is so precious, make sure to use it wisely. As the amazing author and speaker John C. Maxwell says, people who use time wisely spend it on activities that advance their overall purpose in life. Life without purpose feels wasted and we end up turning to our addictions or distractions to just cope. Are you living a life with purpose, with meaning? Are you in contribution? Not everyone needs to, but I'm certain that if you are listening to this podcast, you are craving something deeper, something more meaningful an assistant professor of psychology at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada, looked at data of over 6,000 people to find out if having a sense of purpose has an effect on aging and adult development. They found that after 14 years, people who had reported a greater sense of purpose and direction in their life were more likely to outlive their peers. Those with a sense of purpose had a 15% lower risk of death compared with those who said they were more or less aimless. And it didn't seem to matter what age people found their direction. Of course, purpose means different things to different people. Hill says it could be as simple as making sure one's family is happy, it could be bigger like contributing to social change, could be more self-focused like doing well on a job, or it could be about creativity. It's not exactly clear how purpose might benefit health, purposeful individuals may simply lead healthier lives, says Hill, but it also could be that a sense of purpose protects against the harmful effects of stress. These findings suggest that having a sense of purpose may protect people against stress with all of its harmful effects, including greater risk of heart disease, and that may explain why people with a sense of purpose live longer as well. Again, I am certain you are going to die. I am also certain that you would choose to live longer and happier if you could. A life that serves others and yourself, one where your heart is full, your mind is empty, and your wallet is bulging. For many years, I ignored the feather and got taken out by both the brick and the Mack truck. And all along, I was totally aware of the feather. I kept my voice to myself, I was so afraid that if I shared my actual thoughts or voice that people would not want to hear it or it would come out wrong and I would look or feel stupid or that I would be rejected in some way, experiencing an old aspect of myself, abandonment. Can you relate? So what would happen to me is that I would oftentimes store all of my thoughts, bury my needs and not speak up. I would then get frustrated, angry or simply check out and shut down more of that fight, flight, or freeze mechanism in our experience. Learning to speak my needs with respect and honor is something I work on every day. It's tough as a masculine dude to do that oftentimes, but with practice, however, I'm finding my way around my emotional spectrum and am able to communicate requests much more easily. Do you find that you still hold in your voice? That you do not ask for what you need? Then maybe get hurt or resentful when people cannot read your mind? Assuming someone should know what you mean or what you need? Ah, yes, the whole making assumptions thing. Don Miguel Ruiz, the Face Dragon podcast episode one guest shared in his brilliant book, The Four Agreements, agreement number three, don't make assumptions. How many times have you made the assumption that people should know what you need? Or that you know what you need for yourself without taking the time to slow down long enough to actually hear what your deepest heart and higher self have to say. So often ignoring our still small voice, self-medicating to avoid hearing it, pretending the feather is just an itch. Welcome to the Face Your Dragon podcast, where we help you, a messenger with a mission, leverage your fear to amplify your voice in the world. On the show, we open up the concept that what you are most afraid of and most resisting are the very things that will set you free. With courage, with clarity, with contribution, you can have it all. This show will engage in deep, enriching conversation with thought leaders, best-selling authors, celebrities, athletes, icons, and regular Joes who have faced their fear and are now using it to create impact in the world. I'm Brad Axelrad, and I'll be your host. Coot Blackson was born in Ghana, West Africa. His multicultural upbringing as the child of a Japanese mother and Ghanaian father has spanned four different continents. For over 20 years, Kud has been inspiring audiences around the world. From the first time he spoke in front of 3,000 people at age 8 to speaking at over 300 venues by age 18 to helping organizations develop authentic leadership and achieve extraordinary performances over the last decade, he's done a lot. He's been featured on Larry King Now, Fox & Friends, Dr. Drew, and more. He's the author of the national best-selling book, You Are The One, and is widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development by everyone ranging from Larry King, Jack Canfield, Marion Williamson, and more. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the world to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their life's purpose. Listen in as my brother Coot shares from a raw place like no one else I have ever heard. Coot Blackson, so great to have you on the Face Your Dragon podcast, my friend. Welcome.
0: Great to be here, brother. Been looking forward to it tremendously. Good
1: to hear. So as I say on a lot of these, you know, and as we were talking about, never really know where the conversations go. And I trust that Mm. uh, the spirit and uh, the great spirit will provide awesome value to everybody listening. And Every chance I've had to be around you, you've been an incredible inspiration to so many. And I'm curious, bro, what, what are some of the biggest dragons you've had to face to get to where you are today?
0: Well, I mean, we could definitely be here for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, you know, what, one, one of the first things that just popped up was uh, I remember, you know, being a young boy. And, you know, my life was kind of set out for me. You know, uh, my father is a minister, has 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, a huge church in London. So when I was about four, mm, let's say about, yeah, about 14. Uh, he announced uh, announces to the congregation that uh, my son is going to be taking over my organization my so basically I was the heir to my father's spiritual organization, and so there were all of these expectations on me and um my life was set out, and this was my path and this is what it was going to be but honestly, I knew from a very young age at that moment I knew even though i was even though I was very young that that was not my path that that was not my destiny that that was not why. I was put on the planet, but uh, I was afraid. I was too afraid to, to confront. I was too afraid to, to speak the truth. I was too afraid to rock the boat. So I didn't say anything for four years. And, you know, it was excruciatingly as a young man. It was excruciatingly painful for me. It was excruciatingly, uh, I was, deep fear uh, is, is, is something I carried for, the, for that time because I was afraid of, of uh, losing, you know, my father, losing this connection, being abandoned, being alone. And so for me, something that was a dragon, very challenging was uh, when I was about 17, 18, 17 and a half in that zone, I had to uh, confront my father. And that was the beginning for me of a huge shift in my life of confronting my father. Because I looked into my future and I saw that if I followed his expectations for my life, I might be successful by the world standards. But if I don't have myself, that I'd be totally miserable, you know. And so I had a conversation with him one day. You know, and and, and told him that I'm not taking over, which, you know, it, it is a it was a big deal because he was not the kind of guy you really have a conversation with. You know, he, he's just his way or no way. And he was this larger than life kind of figure, iconic figure. And so for me, that was facing a huge dragon. And it was the beginning of really making a decision for me of owning my truth, owning my soul's purpose. And I made a decision that nothing and no one was worth compromising my truth. Nothing and no one was worth compromising my own essence and and why I was here. And that was a huge opening. I was prepared to sacrifice everything to to live my truth. Uh, The truth is my father and I. We didn't speak for probably about two years. Um, After that, which was incredibly challenging, but um, I I, I really saw that if I began to, you could say, lie to myself, betray myself in order to get his love and and, and anyone else's love for that matter, then I'd have to keep up that game, that charade, that inauthentic lie for the rest of my life. And I decided to let it all go and follow my my, uh, heart's calling. You know, the rest is history, but there's a lot of history in between. Uh, That's when I, you know, chose to really come to America. Cut a long story short, ended up winning a green card in the lottery. That was, for me, confirmation that I was on the right path. For me, that was confirmation that um, I was truly in alignment with my soul's destiny and came to the U.S. with two suitcases, knew no one in the country, $1,000, one suitcase full of books and tapes of all the motivational, spiritual, personal growth icons I'd been reading, and also one suitcase full of clothes, and just showed up in the unknown, and uh, just showed up in, in, in Los Angeles, you know, in pursuit of a dream, in pursuit of, you know, my burning desire was to go into this field of personal growth, and touch lives, and impact lives, and And that's what drove me here. And it's been a hell of a journey ever since, man.
1: (laughs) Wow. So seventeen, you Mm
0: -hmm. you told him that, right? That was Uh, Yeah. Wow. Seventeen. Seventeen. It was it was it was at that time, you know, it was like death for me. Right. You You might as well have put me in a cage, locked in with a dragon, you know, locked into a small cage. With like a a deadly tiger, I mean it was it was equal it was death for me, but I realized if i if i don't if i don 't do this if i don 't follow my truth i 'm going to die anyway i 'm going to die. I could feel my own soul's death happening if i didn 't follow my truth, and I think so many of us we we don't follow the truth because we are afraid. We're afraid of the consequences. We're afraid of being alone. We're afraid of what's going to happen. And those were all of my fears. And I think one of the things that actually keeps us stuck, which I've really begun talking about a lot, one of the things that keeps us stuck from living fulfilled, living free, being self-expressed are all the ways we don't tell the truth to ourselves, all the ways we lie to ourselves, all the ways we bs ourselves all the ways we compromise ourselves all the ways we basically settle and so maybe one of the questions or a couple of questions i was just so out at the beginning of our conversation you know brad is is simply for the audience because these are some questions i considered but maybe for those listening in you can consider these questions it's just asking yourself these questions you know because i believe that happiness is really it's simple it's really simple not always easy But simple And to me First question is really looking at What am I lying to myself about What untruths have I been telling What lies have I been telling What am I lying to myself about What am I pretending to not know And be willing to really face The raw, real truth I think truth will set you free. It may not always be easy. Things will fall apart. But I believe anyone that falls out of your life as a result of speaking the truth and anything that falls out of your life as a result of speaking your truth was not truly in alignment with your highest self, your most authentic expression to begin with anyway. And so living anything less than the truth is living a lie. And, and so for me, I feel like we must become lovers of truth, lovers of truth, lovers of truth. Truth is meditation truth? Is yoga truth? Is profound spiritual practice the, the the ruthless, authentic willingness to tell the truth to oneself? And but we, you know, we often play this game. At least I did for a period of time. We often play this game of confusion. I'm confused. I'm not really. I'm not really sure what's right for me. I don't, Brad. I don't really know if if this relationship is right for me or not, should they leave? Should I don't know what's right. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't really know if this job is quite right for me. When deep down, we do know there is a part of us that knows everything because at a deepest level, we are everything. We just have to have the courage to own that deeper knowing how many times has maybe you gotten out of a relationship. The moment you get out of that relationship, you say to yourself, I know I've done it in the past. Uh, I knew that wasn't going to work. Or I knew something was off. You know, we, we have a knowing. And to own that knowing is a responsibility. But to own that knowing is, gives us access to our power. So the second question, you know, I'd invite people to just sit with is really sitting with what is the pain? What is the pain of not telling the truth? What is it costing me? What is living the lie costing me? What is living the untruth costing me? And be willing to feel the pain for four years at 17 from let's say 13 14 to about 17 and a half, i felt the profound pain it took me four years to muster up the courage to to face the dragon face my father face my fear and you could say c- claim my destiny and uh sometimes we feel the pain of what our untruth is costing us but because it's painful we don't want to feel it so what i've seen that we do that keeps us stuck we distract ourselves from oh this is so painful you know I, I, this 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 misalignment that i'm living is so painful so let me drink it away let me drug it away let me smoke it away let me let me shop it away let me sex it away let me social media away let me do whatever it to, whatever i can to not feel this pain but not feeling the pain is part of what allows us to perpetuate living the the misalignment so be willing to feel of the pain of what the untruth, the lie you're living, is costing you. Yes, it will hurt. It's meant to hurt. Yes, it will burn. The truth does burn. But I call it if you I I I like to say if you're willing to feel the burn of the truth, it's like a fire. And even if you don't act on it right now, but you don't lie to yourself that you don't know, you say, I know. I'm in a job I hate. It's completely out of alignment with with my integrity. I know my relationship is not right for me. I know it. This is truth. But I'm not willing to do anything about it right now. Okay? At least you're being honest. And burn in the truth. Over time, the truth will burn and begin a process inside. Third question just for people to sit with is maybe looking at, you know, what is the thing that I'm most afraid will happen if I tell the truth? I had to face that. My fear was the thing I'm most afraid will happen is I won't have a relationship with my father. I'll never have it. I'll lose it. I'll tell him the truth, and we won't, we won't have a relationship. And the good and bad news was we didn't. You know, It wasn't like there was a happy ending, at least in that moment. But I, may, I had to make peace with my worst-case fear because what you don't make peace with holds you a hostage. And so if you can make peace with what you're most afraid of, you free yourself from being a hostage and paralyzed by that fear, many times what you'll you'll find out too is if you're able to just face that fear and embrace that fear, many times, not always the case, the thing you're most afraid of actually never happens. The mind sometimes creates a negative future fantasy about all the worst case scenarios as to what might happen that really doesn't happen, but paralyzes us in the moment, so if you can make peace with the worst case, you begin you begin to free yourself. And for me, it was very freeing when I made peace with, okay, I'm willing to have my own soul, my own sanity, if it means losing the relationship with my father. I'm willing to face that, and just making peace with that freed me up tremendously. It wasn't easy, freed me up, freed me up tremendously. The last thing is, really looking at, sometimes we get so focused on. The worst case scenario, we get so focused on the negative that we forget, well, what's the possibility? And so for me, it's it's been a process. So I just invite everyone to if you really, if you're really in a place where you're ready to shift your life and you're wondering, okay, what what's a first step that I can take? What's one thing I can do? Be willing to face the truth, be willing to feel the truth. Most of the time, we already know what that is. So I say, look, many of our problems would disappear, you know, much of the things we go to temple to pray about, go to church to pray to God about, we do, we go to seminars, we read books for, many of the things, many of our problems wouldn't be there, would fall away if we just spoke the truth, lived the truth, felt the truth, lived the truth in our lives, and so I think I just invite everyone, be a lover of truth, be a servant of truth, be devoted to truth, and watch so much in your life clear away and transform.
1: Man, I, I'm uh, our messengers. Messages are so in alignment. Like everything you were saying, I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's all all what this entire platform's about. You know, mm-hmm. it's what what I say. It's uh, the hashtags I use are face your dragon, take the leap, and break free. And mm-hmm. it's right. It's really about knowing. And you you nailed it. I've been saying this too. It's like your greatest fear and your greatest resistance are the very things that's your money maker. That's your gift to humanity. It's the freedom. That's the juice. Right.
0: Yes. So I would yes.
1: normally inject or interject in your flow but it was so good I had to just let you go and ironically uh-huh. uh, the uh-huh. rain the rain is just pouring right now so I don't know if you, if you guys can hear it on the podcast but I normally don't do interviews this late because it always rains this late in the day here in Costa Rica but mm. man that is some good stuff. So you had the courage and the awareness at 17 to say no. And that mm-hmm. is just so interesting to hear because I really don't think people at 17 have that level of somatic awareness or intellectual or spiritual awareness. It's really impressive, man.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't have a choice, honestly. I mean, yes, I, had, I did have a choice, but it felt like there was something just moving through me, you know? And yeah, I could make a choice and BS myself about it, but, but the reality of that felt so painful. That I thought it, it, it's just it's just not worth it, you know. Like nothing is worth it, and so that, that's that's what began my process.
1: Wow, man! Thank you for sharing. So, for having the courage to take the leap—that's friggin' awesome. What was it like landing in L.A.? With uh, uh, books of of Tony Robbins and who else? Like who else was in there? I'm curious to know.
0: who You, had uh, with you know who else was in there? Everyone from look, I I, I read my first self help book when I was age eight with this person called Shakti Gawain. She wrote a, a book called Creative Visualization. This is pre The Secret. So the books that were in my my that uh, that that age were books I'd read growing up. So Shakti Gawain, Louise Hay, Chopra, Mary Williamson, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, Dennis Waitley, Mark de hand Jackson, Jack Canfield, you know, Nathaniel Brandon, uh, uh, Leo Buscaglia, those are, Wayne wow. Dyer, you know, those are the Western mystics. Now right. we get to the Eastern, the Eastern Maharishi Mesh Yogi, Ramana Maharishi, Nisargadatta Maharaj. I mean, many of the Indian gurus, Yogananda were some folks that were... I was reading, also that really impacted me. Then there were the, some sort of some of the Western mystics, people like Joe Goldsmith, Joseph Murphy, Neville Goddard. All these folks impacted me. So my my suitcase, one suitcase was filled <laughs> with books, and this was like a heavy heavy suitcase, man. But I thought I am not leaving without my best friends because it, like these these folks got me through some of those challenging times as a you know as a kid and 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 give me the courage to to fly and pursue my dreams. So I was not leaving without them.
1: It's amazing, dude. So 17 in Los Angeles proper, where where were you? What happened in LA? What happened next? Yeah, so
0: so I won this green card, you know, and landed in Los Angeles. And honestly, I think back thinking, wow, I was crazy. 18 is young, I was crazy. And then I landed in LA, excited as can be. Literally had no idea where I was going. I mean, like no idea. And so, just landed these two suitcases. asked the shuttle bus guy, please take me somewhere safe and cheap where I can stay for maybe a couple of weeks. He just drops me off in Venice Beach, which was a little crazy at the time. Now it's kind of hipsterville, but you know at that time it wasn't it wasn't the best place on the planet. And it was such a culture shock. It was I think it was a Sunday and everyone was out. It was just insanity, and I probably cried for about two weeks. Stayed oh in a place God. called I stayed in a place called Venice Beach Hotel. Cotel—that's with a C, not a motel. A cotel. That gives you a sense of what it was, right? It was not very good, and uh, there were like these dormitories, and it was—it was rough. It was challenging. It was hard. I was homesick, but uh, I didn't have a choice. You know, there was something pushing me, propelling me. Uh, then I ended, up get, I ended up renting a two hundred fifty dollar a month apartment. It was a tiny box of a of a of a studio ended up having very little money. So I ended up dragging a mattress off of the street that someone had thrown out sleeping on the mattress. And as difficult as it was, you know, I felt this freedom. I felt this happiness because I was following my truth. I was, I didn't have a pot to piss in. I had very little money. You know, there came a point where my money ran out and I I had very little money. And I, I honestly, I was, there were days I was, stealing bread from the supermarket just to kind of eat and you know I was I was there's nowhere I would rather have been and I think when you are in alignment sometimes people think oh when you find your purpose you know wow you find your purpose and everything's easy the universe manifests synchronicity happens the unicorns pop out and just manifest pots of money you know sometimes when you find your purpose is when it gets really challenging sometimes when you find your purpose that the real like that's when life throws the real challenges at you number one to test you to see if you're really committed number two you know i i I liken it to a soul gym like that's when life throws the challenges at you because now you've you kind of focused in on what your purpose is life now has to Prepare you to develop the soul, the mental, emotional, physical muscles so that you become – you are sculpted by life's experiences to become the person who is capable and able to fulfill the destiny of the vision that you've been given. And so some—so if you are maybe someone who – like you, I feel like I'm on the right purpose but life is challenging – that doesn't mean give up. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. It just means sometimes life is testing you and there are there are experiences that you need to go through so that you can evolve into, grow into and become the necessary person who is able to fulfill the destiny and the vision that you've been given. That vision is taking you on an evolutionary journey. That dream is taking you on an evolutionary adventure of becoming the person who is capable. And so I had to kind of go on that journey and it was challenging. It was challenging as can be, but it was, uh, you know. I, I sometimes now think back to those beginning days, you know, in in uh, in uh, in, uh, in L. A. Brad and like I had nothing. I mean, I, I, I would I would I would I would have to think for half a day to make a decision. Am I going to spend a dollar, one dollar, on Chinese food? Like, am I going to really like? I would love I, like at that time I don't I don't eat fast food anymore but at that time because i had no money it was i was in a place where i, I would wait for fridays because on fridays i could get like two fish meals from mcdonald's two fish uh, burgers for a dollar like i think it was a dollar at the time it was like it was christmas you know um so i didn't care you know i think when you are when you are committed to something bigger than yourself when you are in alignment you know you're in alignment where even when life is challenging, even when there's no money, even when you know things are difficult, you still are moving. You are still moving forward. You are still stepping forward. You are still taking action. And, uh, and so that was just confirmation for me despite the challenges. And so I think the challenges just make us stronger and uh, test and refine our soul power, our soul force, so to speak. So – they were fun days in the beginning.
1: I was expecting you to say you almost kind of missed those days. And and I'm certain that there's parts of you that does miss the raw, gritty kind of, I'm in I'm in it. I mean, we get it in other ways, I'm sure. Yes, like, right? trust
0: me, we get it in other ways as, yeah. you know, as I've expanded, it's just another level, another level, you know. Right. There's always other levels. It's like surfing, you know. Like right. in the beginning you surfed a little wave. Oh, that's so hard, there's a little wave. So I always say, look, as your consciousness expands so, does, so do the challenges of life and and so when the challenges of life are happening if, you know in your environment and to you and around you and in your experiences you can say oh why is this why me why is this happening to me and be a victim about it you know which totally disempowers you or you can say well what why not me why 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 not me this, this must be happening for a reason. So if you're facing a challenging situation, trust that your soul is actually ready in this moment to face the challenge, the experience, the situation that you are going through. You have earned the right as a soul, as a human being to face this difficult and challenging situation, whether it's an illness, whether it's a bankruptcy, whether it's a financial challenge, whether it's a relationship challenge, whatever it is, you've earned the – look at it this way. You've earned the right – for that classroom. You've earned the right to learn those lessons. You've earned the right to be in that university moment, that university classroom for your soul's evolution. Every single experience, I believe, every single relationship, I feel, is designed and perfectly synchronized, coordinated for your soul's growth and evolution. That's what To me, this whole life thing in experience is about. It's about growth, evolution, so that we can reveal and become more and more of who we, let's just say, who we really, really are. So, you know, I, I often say don't wait or don't pray for the waves, like if life is an ocean, don't pray for the waves to get easier. Don't, don't, don't do spiritual practice and don't do yoga and don't do, don't read books so that, oh, you know, if I learn enough, if I attain enough, life will get easier. Life is like the ocean. That's like praying. Like if you're a surfer, <laughs> it's like you're in Costa Rica with some waves. You're like, well, I'm a better surfer. Please let there be less waves in the ocean now that I'm a better surfer. No, some of the best surfers, Brad, as you know. They will seek out the big waves. They will fly to Indonesia. They will will look for the big waves. Obviously, you don't have to look for the big waves. Life will bring them to you because you're in the ocean. So don't pray for the waves to get smaller. Pray to work to expand your soul's, your mental, emotional, and your soul's capacity to be able to surf we must learn to develop our soul force we must learn to develop that internal capacity of our own being so that we can expand that's what i feel life is about life is life is that process of growth you look at mandela 27 years 26 years in prison if he didn't go through that imagine 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 being in prison for a year i mean shit that would be hell that would be a nightmare but He must have at some point surrendered and realized this is happening for a reason. This experience is preparing me. It's preparing my soul. If Mandela didn't go through those 26, 27 years in prison, he would not have developed the compassion, the insight, the creativity, the wisdom to be able to lead a nation and cultivate the greatness that he would have to evolve into to be the president of South Africa. That had to happen for his marination, that had to happen for his, for his soul's development. So I say, look, it's always sometimes easy, like th- th- there are no shortcuts in life. Yeah, they might look like it. You, you can't, yeah, you can hack a few things but you can't hack authenticity. You can't hack authenticity. It's a process and a cultivation in your, in your physical body, in your nervous, it's an embodiment that you have to embody. And, and, and so sometimes the shortcuts that we try and take, sometimes we're faced with experiences in life and go, oh, how, can I, how can I just like get through this real quickly? If you're faced with experiences in life, really ask yourself, what are the lessons here? And, and, and don't short circuit the lessons. Learn the lessons because I believe that when we learn the lessons for which every single person, situation, experience is brought into our lives for, when we learn those lessons – then we graduate and when we graduate then we un we unlock we unlock and earn the right to the next level of experience, relationship, and abundance. We unlock the door to the next level of our abundance. So for me, manifestation is many times, people are are trying to hack manifestation and trying to short circuit manifestation and manifest. But but if you haven't become the frequency, the person that expanded your consciousness and awareness to that level, you might hack it for a moment and maybe crack the code for a second, but it won't sustain. if you become, if you learn the lessons, you become the person. Then you, you, you then create a whole different space to be able to hold and embody the next level of abundance and joy and experiences in your life. And and I think, I think that's that's the key. So don't take the shortcut. Yeah, Go through the experience, brilliant. learn the lessons.
1: Brilliant, brilliant truths, there, man. I, I it just makes me think of uh, what you said about self medicating, uh, self anesthetizing, and I, I speak about yes. that a lot on all the podcasts and. And was just interviewing Adam Markell from Peak Potential's former. Oh, CEO. I love it! Yeah, Adam's great, and uh, we talked a lot about that. And one thing I've noticed about that experience of taking the shortcut or self-medicating is instead of fully embodying and experiencing the experience—good, bad, ugly—it kind of keeps you in the middle. You don't get to feel the high highs because you're you're medicating out the low lows, right? So yeah. it's, it's unfortunate when I see folks in that perpetual state of either geographic healing or self-medicating or just moving around and not actually feeling everything and really riding that wave. They're ducking the wave, if you will, right? They're just ducking it, ducking, duck the wave. Sometimes you got to mm. turn and have the courage and ride that freaking wave and get thrashed like what you're saying, right? There's that side mm-hmm. of it too. Just get on mm-hmm. that sucker and get totally torn apart and destroyed and almost drown and get back up to the surface to have some contrast. So
0: yes, all lessons, right? I think what you're saying is right. All lessons, look, everything happens because there's lessons that our soul needs to learn. And ultimately you can change your hairstyle. You can change your address. You can change your, where you live. You can change your husband, your wife. You can change a hell of your car. You can change all these things, but what you can't avoid are those lessons? And ultimately, we're going to have to learn those lessons some way, shape, or form. You can't run from yourself. And so, all lessons are repeated until learned. And so, if you are recreating the same experiences, getting fresh, getting fresh, getting fat over and over again, likely. You know, Or if it's the same wave that keeps coming, the same wave is like, what lesson have I not learned? What do I need to learn? What do I need to learn in this moment and integrate and embody so that I can now maybe ride, have a different experience, ride a different wave? So, yes, don't don't run from those lessons. Don't run from the wave. Face it. Surf it. Integrate it. Embody it. Digest it. Transcend it. Go to that next level. Yes, there's no avoiding it, my friend.
1: So good, dude. So good. Okay, so you take people to India. (laughs) That one-on-one experience, I'm so curious to hear whatever you can share about that. I know it's probably top secret, lots of what you do, but share what you can. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's actually, there's a few things I write about in my book. You know, you are the one, so folks can also read a few stories from my book. But I'll tell you, the book is not the complete journey, of course. You know, it maybe captures, honestly... 10% 10% of the real profundity of the process. Uh, for about seven years, I don't really do these journeys anymore. But maybe, hey, maybe if Oprah wanted to go, I would do it. But but you know, more more now, uh, I do more large group stuff. But. It's called the liberation experience. Uh, I think that that's what you're talking about. It's my one-on-one journey to India, where basically I take a visionary or someone who considers themselves a leader, wants to impact the world. I take away your money. I take away your passport. You have a backpack, a pair of clothes. Uh, You have no idea where you're going. Give up all control. There's no topics that's off limits. I make you sign your will in case you don't come back. I make you write letters to everyone in your life in case you don't come back. Basically, I make you face death. And I... Over 14 days in India, you're stuck with me, one-on-one, no one else. You have zero idea what's going to happen next, no idea whatsoever other than here's the date, show up at the airport, I'll be there, you have a backpack and like a journal and that's it. And I take you through a 14-day non-stop transformational immersion process where I Create an experience that is designed to feel into your greatest fears, issues, wounds, unresolved challenges, past stuff, limitations, and I create a process that is designed to uh, help you heal, transform, transmute, transcend, and clear whatever is in your way of being fully yourself, fully free, fully expressed, and uh, take you through a a journey. We're on planes, trains, automobiles, 14, 15 cities in about… 13, 14 days, and it's designed to unravel you, unlock you, uncondition you, crack you wide open, and reconnect you with who you really authentically are, your true self, and plug you right back into source and reconnect you with your purpose so that you can give your gifts to the world. And, uh, you know, how it came up. So basically in seven seven years, Brad, I, I think I ended up doing about 19 of those journeys, and I didn't think anyone was crazy enough to go on those journeys when I started and how it came about was I was on the, uh, when I went on my first journey to India, I was, this is about 17 years ago. I was on the back of a train uh, in the poorest section in India. And where your chances of getting kidnapped is about 50, 50% in this particular state. It's a little dangerous. And I jumped on this train because I didn't want to, sleep overnight at this crazy train station and I found myself sardine can situation with the poorest people in India. And I looked into this woman's eyes and I saw that she had five children and one of her kids' heads was literally almost hanging off of the train. And my heart broke to feel the suffering of humanity. I thought, wow, we, we can send people to the moon, but we can't feed. How, how is it possible we cannot feed? We can't feed a child. This doesn't make sense. And my heart just felt the suffering of humanity. And then I looked into the same woman's eyes and I was on the stream for about six, seven hours and I looked into her eyes and I just felt this oneness. What was looking at me was looking at her and we were one. And my heart cracked open feeling, just love. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if you know uh, Oprah or the heads of Google or people in leadership positions who had money, resources, power, a platform to affect change Wouldn't it be amazing if they were on this train right now and uh, having this experience? How would that impact how they led and use their resources? And I thought, no one's going to be crazy enough to do this experience, you know? And uh, how how, how the hell do you market that? It's insane. And so probably about 10 years, for 10 years, I built my coaching company and became very successful. In 2006, I got the vision. Create that journey, and I was told that there there would be souls that when they heard about the India journey, that they would know it it would be destined. And so, seven years, I did you know nineteen of those journeys, and then that grew, and then I started doing. People started saying, "Can you create groups to India?" And I they want to do a group, and I ended up going to Bali, and one thing led to the next, and kind of inspired by my India journeys, a little modified, a little different, but just as powerful. I end up creating uh, these uh, these these. It's called Boundless Bliss. There's these transformational journeys to Bali, inspired by the entire transformational process of India, where I take people through a similar transformation, just different. Uh, I don't take away your passport or money, but it's it's uh it's just as powerful and, and impactful. So that's where I I now. Focus at least some of my time instead of my indie journeys, but it's it's just as powerful.
1: Man, I really like the the whole idea of just stripping anyone of their identity and their safety blanket or security blanket. Exactly, man. What was some of the resistance that you would notice from people? I mean, how how would people act out? How would their ego sort of act out? Like, what what did
0: you see in people? What? Yeah, yeah you know, look, look. Ultimately, <laughs> after about four days, people wanted to kill me. Let's put it that way. I mean, I mean, for real, like.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, even pe- even my clients that loved me after three or four days, they were ready to like kill me because the egoic resistance. What, what what effectively is happening is it's a in quotation marks a death process. Right, it's a death process of the you that you think you are. The you that you've become identified with, the you that has developed all of these defense mechanisms uh, that has learned to survive and function as this version of you to avoid pain and get your needs met that worked for you when you were 5 and 12 and 15 and maybe 18 and 13 but now actually are inhibiting the next level. Of your freedom I, Just as an example I, I forget if I shared this In the conversation So just let me know If I did But you know From the we're born We're born free As children Like if you look at a child A child is in touch With their divinity A child You look into a child's eyes They're in touch With their essence They're in touch With their true nature A child will jump on a table It doesn't care Who you are Coot, Brad You know Donald Trump Gandhi It doesn't care It's just full of love A child will jump on a table And sing And express itself It's not like Wondering am I fat Can I sing? It's just free flowing, pure, natural love vibration essence. Reminds us of who we all were at one point. Well, what the hell happened to us? You know, what happened was we were born these free, whole, complete, magnificent beings, and then we met our parents, you know, and our parents were you know, kind of just doing the best that they could do based on who they were and their conditioning from their past, their parents, their conditioning, their grandparents, and they passed that conditioning onto us almost unconsciously unbeknownst to them. They were just doing the best that they could do. So we we were also born into certain experiences and environments as children. Maybe there was pain, maybe there was trauma, maybe there was hurt, maybe there was abandonment, abuse, neglect, emotional neglect. There was all these experiences. We all have our stories. We all have our experiences, and so as a result, we two things occurred. we slowly started to learn a way of being to deal with the abandonment, the divorce, the parents fighting whatever our experience was. We slowly started learning a way of being we developed a mechanism to 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 disconnect, shut down, avoid the pain. It was too painful to feel my parents uh, screaming. It was too painful to feel uh, my emotional needs not met. It was too painful to feel I was being beaten or or emotionally abused every day. So we learn as children to shut down parts of ourselves so that we don't have to feel the pain of what's going on around us and the pain that is causing us and we disconnect, suppress parts of ourselves to just function and survive and to not feel. Those emotions don't go anywhere. They go into our body. They go into our psyche and we build up walls and we numb parts of ourselves and layer layer after layer after layer after layer after layer builds up, disconnecting us from our true, authentic nature. Then we go out into the world and we learn our whole way of being, the sense of, wow, wow, who do I need to be? in order to be loved by my dad? Who do I need to be in order to see? I learned, you know, Brad, I learned I need to be the good boy. I need to be the nice guy, you know? So we learn an entire way of being. We start developing a persona. Uh, We start developing a mask, a role, this this persona that that we think we need to be in order to get love, validation, and approval, to get a certain emotional need met from our caretakers. And then we hold tightly onto this way of being because it somewhat kind of works. It becomes our identity, this identity. Then we hold tightly onto to get love, to fit in, to also become successful in the world. And so I would ask those, those of you listening in today, Who did you think that you needed to be in order to be loved? Who did you condition yourself to be unconsciously? Who did you learn to become? in order to get love, fit in, be validated, be approved? What are the roles and the masks that you're wearing? Some people become the nice guy, the savior, the caretaker, the funny person, the victim, you know, the weak person, the shy person. I mean, the list goes on and it's myriad, so many different ways of being that we learn to adopt to get love and to fit in and to be validated so who did you learn you needed to be so we develop this way of being it becomes who we think we are but it's not so it's not who we really are it just becomes who we think we are so my question is Is who you are who you really are or is it simply who you've been conditioned to be? Because the degree to which you are conditioned is the degree to which you are not free. It's the degree to which you are not free to be able to really choose. You are being run by the conditioning of your past. And then we hold tightly onto this and it just becomes, we often say, no, this is just who I am. No, often who we become is not just who we really are. Is who we've been conditioned to be. And so what we have to do is first become aware and conscious that I have become conditioned. I am conditioned. I don't even know I'm conditioned. And we have to start becoming conscious and aware and investigating our conditioning. And then we have to be willing to feel. Feel the pain. Feel the pain of all those layers that we've learned to suppress, to feel that to experience that because whatever we can feel in a healthy way with total awareness and consciousness will dissolve. No feelings last forever. So to kind of circle back to your question, when I take people through the India journey, the reason it's so challenging, the reason there's so much resistance is we've become this person that we thought we were that is really, we've become so identified with that survival and now I'm, I create, I'm creating this very intense process that you could say is is, is helping people unravel uh, the identification unravel uh one's attachment to who they thought they were and i'm showing people you're not really that but no no no, coot i am that so there's a huge resistance and that's why sometimes it's very hard for us to transform it's very hard for us to let go it's very hard for us to shift who we are because of the fear it's like it's like a death of who we think we are but uh, that is the process that we all Have to go through, you could say, in your words, face the dragon and go through that portal, so that we can let go of these these false masks and we have to strip down these layers, peel away the layers, back to the perfection of our being, and, and, and realize that. We are not those stories. We are not those identities. You are not those fears. You are not those things you've been told. You are none of those roles and personas that you have been, you know, that you have adopted to survive who you are. This whole perfect, complete, and what's underneath that.
1: So true. I mean, we take on all these things. So we're accepted, like you said, not abandoned, to to circle back to your dad relationship there. And you were just about, just to sort of close that loop from your childhood to now, had you not taken the leap, you would have gone down the path and experienced everything (laughs) you're saying, just that slow death, I mean, boy, it's just so painful, and I'm just so so stoked you took the leap, bro, because you're serving so many. So how does everybody Aww. find you, Coot? This has been one of, the, one of the most fascinating conversations of anyone I've interviewed yet, and I'm just letting you roll and just channel who oh, you, thank are, you bro. bro. Yeah, just thank letting, you. It, letting it roll. It's so good.
0: Oh, well, it's been, it's been lots of fun so far, brother, and hopefully I'll, I'll get to come back. How people could, if you feel inspired in any way. I love connecting with people. A couple of ways, I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Hit me up there. Let me know you heard me uh, on this podcast with, with Brad. Would love to say hi to you all. You can go to my website, my main website. I give you two, cootblackson.com, K-U-T-E, Blackson, B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N.com. Uh, check out my work there. If anyone feels, if you feel inspired in any way to, to maybe break through, go to that next level of your life, I would say I do a journey to Bali twice a year in July and December boundlessblissbali.com you can watch the video and check that out there as well yeah there's free gifts on on both sites uh, once you enter your email as well would love to to stay connected with with everyone you know amazing i <laughs> just
1: just tickled open by by this conversation just all the different layers i'm i'm trusting that everyone is getting as much value as i am just uh, listening here and Interviewing you, my friend. It's really powerful. Awesome. So, what is one last thing you can leave with everybody? What is that one last gift you really want them to know? know? I
0: I was praying you were going to ask that. I wasn't sure if you were, but I was praying. I'm like, I hope you ask. The one thing that literally popped up as I was sharing my website, the one last thing, and this might sound strange, but I want everyone to meditate on this. You are going to die. You. Let me repeat, you are going to die. You, me, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Bob Marley, David Bowie. It is a guarantee. So really consider that if you're procrastinating on giving your gift. If you are holding back, playing small, if you're living your life for someone else, if you're in a relationship that you know, you know in your heart you're not in love and it's not aligned, if you're working a job just for the money but it's out of your integrity, meditate on your death. You're dying. We will die. There is no escape. The great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Buddha. Everyone will go. None of us know when that moment's going to come. The people in 9-11 had no idea when that moment was going to come. The people in the Southeast Asian tsunami had no idea that they weren't going to come home that night and be able to look their loved ones in the eyes and really let them know, hey, I'm really sorry. I forgive you. I love you. The only guarantee is now. And at any moment, you have the opportunity to make a new choice, to shift your life, to change your life, to make a decision right this moment. If you're listening to this conversation with Brad, face it's time. I want to challenge you all that it's time to face your dragon. If you're listening to this conversation, you are ready. Your soul is ready to make the choice. And I invite you right now to make the choice to live in a way. That when you die, when that moment comes, because it will, and I hope every one of us live a long life, but the only guarantee is now. And how would you need to live so that you have zero regrets? We talk about, yes, I'm going to die. No, no, no. There is no guarantee. Live as though this was it. So that when that moment came, you could be happy. You could be free. You could be at peace. Zero regrets. Because when you meet your maker… You can't go to God and say, God, um, I, kind of like, I wasted two years in that relationship. Can I have two years back? I wasted five years in a job living a life that I hated. Can you give me those five years back? It's gone. Life will give you no refunds. Every second of your life is a precious gift, and you have the power to change it today. Face your dragons, my friends. You have the power. I believe in you. It's been a joy. It's been a joy because more than ever— The world, see, the reason I'm kind of hopefully lighting a fierce urgency for all of you listening is there's no time to waste. We're living in intense times right now, and more than ever, the world needs your gifts, your gifts, your unique gifts, more than ever, right now. No more excuses, no more waiting, no more hesitating, no more procrastinating No one's coming. So if you're waiting for someone else, no one's coming because you're here. As my book says, you are the one. I love you all. Do it. Today's your day.
1: We will wrap there. Holy smokes, dude. I'm inspired. I'm alive. I'm courageously taking on that challenge myself and I pray that everybody else does. Please, with seriousness and commitment, Take the leap where you need to. Face whatever fucking fear is keeping you stuck. Take the leap. It's time. You nailed it, brother. It's time. And we don't it's know time. when our we don't know when our fucking time is up. Take the leap. Do it. Face the dragon. Yeah, brother. <laughs> All right, man. It's been an absolute honor and pleasure, bro. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: I want to thank our guests for sharing his heart and brilliance with us. Thank you, Coot. We're all so grateful for your contribution to the world. You can find out more about Coot at CootBlaxon.com. And as we dive deeper into Facing Your Dragon, I want to offer you the opportunity to discover the number one hidden fear stopping you from earning what you're worth. Be sure to take the one-minute quiz at CourageQuiz.com. And if there's something here I mentioned that you want to review again, keep in mind we keep all the show notes for you, including links to everything we've talked about today. You can find the show notes for this episode at FaceYourDragon.com, episode 014. And finally, I would like to invite you to subscribe and leave a five-star review for the Face Your Dragon podcast by visiting FaceYourDragon.com forward slash subscribe. And be sure to share this episode with your tribe on social media if it was useful for you. We'd love that. And join our conversation in the Face Dragon Facebook group as we talk about your greatest fears being the very thing that will set you free. Tune in to episode 15 because I'll be talking with my amazing friend, Jason Goldberg, as he shares his brilliance with us. This interview was over-the-top fun, and Jason even raps for us. Seriously, one of the most alive and fun humans I know, as we discuss how the moment you feel nervous excitement and want to shrink and run the other way is the exact moment you should say yes and dive in. This incredible being and many more on the Face Dragon podcast. See you on the next show. And remember, when you face your dragon and take the leap, you will break free. A little more Dave Matthews for you here. Give a listen all the way through. This is gold. Oh,
2: isn't it strange how we move our lives for another day? What if a great wave should wash us all away? Just thinking out loud. I don't mean to dwell on this dying thing, but look at my blood. It's alive right now, deep and sweet within, pouring through our veins. Intoxicate, moving wine to tears and drinking it deep And an evening spent dancing, it's you and me This love will open our world From the dark side we can see the glow of something bright Oh, there's much more than we see here Don't burn the day away Don't burn the day Don't burn the day Is this not enough This blessed sip of life Is it not enough staring down at the ground Or then complain and pray for more from above You greedy little thing Stop, just watch your world tickle away oh, it's your problem now And it'll all be dead and gone in a few short years Oh, just love will open our eyes Just love will put the hope back in our minds Much more than we could ever know Oh, so don't burn the day Away, don't burn the day away. I come, sister, my brother, shake up your. Tearing into space and I must say I feel as small as dust lying down here Ah, What point could there be troubling Head down wondering what will become of me? Why concern we cannot see? Turn it sometime, ah, oh, but don't burn the day away, don't burn the day away, ah, come sister, my brother, shake up your